Welcome to the Weathered Man Podcast. This is your host, Chad Stecker, and I am the Weathered Man. This is the podcast where a humbled man pleads to a broken world to listen to his eccentric thoughts concerning life, family, and the church today. Season two, y'all. I'm so I'm so excited. This is a, a, a thrill right now for me. I'm so pumped. I can hardly wait, and I can't hardly contain my excitement concerning what's in store for the next 10 or so weeks. I'm saying 10 or so weeks because we're probably going to go more than 10 weeks on this topic I'm bringing up today. I can't wait to give you the topic for the entire season and and how we're going to break that down towards the end of the show. But before we go there, I just want to thank you all for listening in the first season and the amount of listeners that I gained in the first season is, is beyond anything I ever imagined. I know that this was influencing more than just the believer, but we had people that didn't believe the way I believe or the majority of the listeners of, of this podcast believe, but we're enjoying it and we're intrigued by um, how we make people think through their own beliefs and faith and uh, or lack thereof. It took me a little bit longer than expected, I'll be honest. I was going to do a different spoken word and a different topic going into season two, but so much has happened, not just in 2020. That's obvious what has happened this season, this year, but there's been some major things occur in my family's life with me and my wife and our children, especially concerning one of our children, that I just want to talk about it. And I think it's time to talk about something fresh, something new, or talk about a an old topic that has been debated a long time and a lot of times and give some fresh ideas and put some freshness to it. I learned a lot in the first season. And uh, hopefully season two brings a more powerful punch while also showing a deeper side of who I am and what I believe about tough topics. I love diving into the tough topics. Each season is going to have an underlying theme like I explained before and each episode becoming in a in a way, a hot topic, a hot take. You know, we the, in journalism, we have these things called hot takes. I seem to always have them whether I want to or not, so might as well just roll with it, right? So I want these hot takes, and it, I really want these hot takes to get people thinking and talking in ways that they never imagined they would be doing. As last season uh, showcased, my every episode that I made is designed and was designed to accomplish four tasks. It's simple. I want to champion the process. I want to encourage reasoning. I want to impact imagination and I want to inspire storytelling. Real quickly, if you want to know more in depth, go back and start over at season one. If you have not listened to it before, it will really prepare you for what's in store in season two. But championing the process is that we're all on a journey, y'all. That wherever we are at in the journey, we must realize, yes, there's an end result that we're trying to attain and trying to get to, but we must enjoy the process. We must enjoy the journey while trying to attain the finish line and trying to get to the end result in our life. We also want to encourage reasoning. I mean, God came to young Isaiah and young Jeremiah and says, come, let us reason together. And throughout scripture, he talks to people and says, let's reason together. Let's think. To reason is to put our minds together. He doesn't want us to just be lemmings that that do stuff robotically because the law tells us to, but he wants to reason with us so that what we make in our decisions, how we make our decisions, come from a place of who we are and the free will and free choice that we've been given, not because we were absolutely told to and it's just 
being under legalism in law. The third is I want to impact imagination. Man, I have such an imagination. And the more I look at my children, the more I realize how much more imagination we should have on this earth today. That I think we've lost that that imagination that made our world and our country and our lives, our families so amazing. And we want to gain that back. And the fourth thing is I want to inspire storytelling. Ultimately, I'm a storyteller, whether I'm writing or preaching or teaching or doing a podcast. I love telling stories. I love being part of the stories. And ultimately, as a, as a Christ believer, as a Jesus follower, I, I want you to understand as I tell his story, I'm revealing, you, revealing to you the history of our lives and our story and our world. The objective is to get people out of groupthink. And to step into independent reasoning with God, no longer completely dependent on who they admire on earth. We are slowly being tamed and domesticated within a leadership structure that was actually intended to train the wild at heart to run free and help others to do the same. But we've been tamed into domestication. I'm not saying leadership in general is bad though. I I need you to understand this completely. Leadership in general is not bad. Leadership is not a bad thing. It's a God-given thing. The Bible actually declares leadership as a great thing. Delegated earthly leadership is ordained by God himself. So I declare that right now. I want you to understand this thoroughly before I move forward. But it doesn't mean that we take our earthly leaders as Jesus. And what we've done is is we've taken what their personal interpretations are and created a universal doctrine among the people. And so what God wants is for us to have authority, be under authority. And, and I've been trained and taught that no man can be in authority if he's not willing to be under authority. So furthermore, I'm not saying everything we have been taught is wrong. I am simply concluding that how we get to the place of belief is just as important as how we come to believe itself and what we've come to believe, I should actually put. We believe certain things. It's not just what our belief is that is important, but how we got to the place to believe it. It will declare so much of who we are and who our leadership is. God loves to reason and wants us to enjoy the same. He wants to reason with each and every one of us on a personal and intimate level. It's too easy for the 21st century Christian to become lazy with his faith and merely lean on what others tell him to believe. It's time to grow up, pick up our Bibles, and actually read and study them for the sake of living it out. We must lean on our leaders when needed, but we must also learn how to walk out our faith without making our leaders a crutch to walk with. They can no longer be our crutches. We must learn how to walk and then ultimately run out the race that God has put us in. I'm desperate, so desperate to give a platform that gives his listeners different angles and interpretations so that they can dissect the entire concept and then reason with God to come to his or her ultimate conclusion as the brilliant and steadfast being they were created to be. So every episode, I want to give you a place to think. I want to give you a place to grow, but allow you to do it in the process with God and not just take what I am giving as 100%. And just a little bit, I'm going to read my spoken word called Perfection. It is a short story of my struggles with a diagnosis of a debilitating disease that has attacked my young son Aeneas. 
Not a lot of people know this. We've been very quiet about this throughout the process. Perfection is a declaration from my thought process and beliefs concerning healing. There you have it. What's this season's theme? It's healing. And it's going to take you, this spoken word is going to take you into my dark place of, of dealing with this as a father and as a leader to ultimately receiving his light and understanding certain processes I was forgetting or I never knew to begin with. This season, we'll be breaking down and discussing the subject of healing, like I said. We will ask and answer tough questions like, does God still miraculously heal people? Or are we now solely dependent on the medical field and scientists? Will we dis- we're we're going to also discuss how healing manifests and who is it for? We might even debate a little bit if the Bible is a perfect example of what healing is today in our current culture and for our specific generation. And ultimately, examine what our part in healing is if it still exists in the way that it showcases in the scripture. I want to be very careful. I don't want to just throw out and just kind of throw up everything I believe because I think it would do a disservice to those that I'm having on the program and on the podcast throughout the next couple of months, few weeks. So I'm going to, I'm going to be very careful on how I put this out there and I'm going to just let my spoken words speak for itself today, and then ultimately set up the next few uh, the next few episodes in the season that is coming. Did I say I'm excited? I'm so pumped up about this season. I'm so I'm so pumped up and excited about the questions that it's going to bring. Um, even even if people are excited about it, upset about it, how it goes, it, it, we're going to come from so many different angles that it's going to give you so many different places of thought to 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 see the truth that is smack dab in the middle of our lives. Season two. I admire and look up to every single guest that I'll be having on the show. I know I had. I had one guest at the end, my my best friend from high school, a close friend whom I'm I'm not ready to disclose it yet, but he and I are doing an amazing project with a, another one of our friends this fall that will be releasing in January of 2021. I can't wait to talk more about it as we get going within this and I promise you you'll probably hear it first on the Weatherman podcast, so you want to listen, you want to stay tuned, you want to keep up with the episodes because as we go along, there's so much more coming through the Weathered Man uh, and and what we're doing with the Weathered Man podcast than meets the eye. We have a goal of allowing you to get to a place of asking tough questions about your own beliefs. What are your beliefs? What do you believe? Why do you believe it? And how do you defend it? We're going to have different thoughts from different people. Every person, by the way, I do respect and trust this conversation with, but I don't necessarily agree with them on everything concerning healing. But you're just going to have to wait and find out. You're going to have to wait and see. It's going to be so amazing. It's going to get crazy. And that's just how I like it. So get crazy with me. And so further, without further ado, here is the spoken word that is literally the foundation of this season's focus called perfection. I have personally witnessed perfection five times in my life while watching actual life be birthed from my wife. All I could do is eventually sit there and cry as the richness of perfection stared me dead in the eyes. Their births didn't just make me a father. Nah, 
but also a witness to the miraculous creation I co-authored. Helping begin a story that was forwarded in heaven, I am now entrusted to write the introduction of their stories intended to contend. Contending for more than just faith, but also the actions that follow. Following their hearts to places that swallow up the average because perfection? (laughs) Perfection can't be averaged. Perfection is not about what we do, but who we become while resting in the arms of the father of freedom. While a mother gravitates towards the nature of nurture, a father finds a purpose in raising and training our children to go further, further than and faster than can ever be imagined because imagination is the segregation of reality and perception. Imagination is not equipped to go into the depths of the spiritual inauguration of the leader my son was created to be, created within the perfection of all eternity long before arriving on earth for this world to see. You see, boys are free-spirited and dangerous in nature, full of curiosity and willing to wager their entire lives for the sake of missions that make them feel like heroes and saviors of disaster in every dimension. Gentleness is a mere pipe dream at times in the hands of a young boy with victory on his mind. My son Aeneas is no different. His capacity to incapacitate those around him with his self-proclaimed brilliance is validated in the eyes of his mother watching. Superheroes are a mere microcosm of who he is, not only in his own mind, but in the reality of who he becomes in the presence of his father, me. He is a lover of life and all that life brings. Four years ago, he was completely dependent, now independently dependent on the meaning of his name. What is that you say? Well, it's Aeneas Cole Stecker, God's glorious victory worthy of praise, for his personality is already proving that his love of life and victory is no phase, but life is stage and his story the star, confirming that his already, already noticeable scars are beams of light meant to shine into a world of darkness. The darkness led by a being trying to disbar the creator's son from fighting for all that freedom has to offer. Aeneas already seeing a bigger picture of love as he's willing to place himself last for his siblings and loved ones. (laughs) He's always done that. When other kids are fighting for the biggest piece of cake, this boy is giving up his to stake a claim in the life that matters most to him. That very life is any life that stands in front of him, no matter the size or the gender or the race or even the age. His short life's purpose has been to step back and make others the star of the stage, even if it only be for a moment. Nothing is too big for him because he believes everything was created for him. As he suggests with the passion he breathes with, every breath is as if he is breathing in to retrieve the keys to other souls. For when he breathes out, words are not the priority. Nah, because he is not a wordsmith. He breathes out as a locksmith, opening doors on behalf of the ultimate authority. His superiority is within the posteriority that he clings to. His fault is not forgetting to show love, but rather loving so tightly that others slip through his fingers to find their own breath, for he doesn't realize he loves so ferociously that he loves unto death. Death. Hmm. 
What is death to a four-year-old that would already give his life for his baby sister? Truth. A four-year-old understanding of a 2,000-year-old declaration. His young understanding of a king's sacrifice becomes the very deflation of immature adult actions. It is the deflate gate not talked about. The country's patriots are looking around wondering why the kingdom they pronounce to serve can't be found. So found not within their own understanding because the knowledge they have and they have gained is too weak to merge with the wisdom of the one true king. Walking with purpose. Wait, <laughs> that's the potential death trap to my little boy's fate. He has always found purpose in the way that he moves. He dominates the room when he walks. We spew verses about walking out our faith and picking up a cross, teaching that miracles were performed on journeys afoot, but simply put, death to my four-year-old that soaks up life is removing his legs to not walk in the light. Damn. To remove my son's legs is to remove his great weapons. Some are anointed to speak, others to write. Many have gifts and talents anointed to fight. All given with the purpose to find victory in the night. But my Aeneas just walks and the evil runs with fright. For his steps are anointed and his legs give him flight. He is literally the tigger without fur still having a bounce full of might. Removing the ability in his legs is to renounce the call he was given from the day of his birth. We named him Aeneas, not just because of its meaning, but because of the man that once sat on a mat and showcased true healing. Aeneas in scripture was bedridden and paralyzed until a meeting with Peter. There he realized the power of God by being consumed in a body that once represented Ichabod. How? No freedom, no God. No God, no freedom. My son's name represented his father being free from all that would hinder his son's purpose. Aeneas would never spiritually be a man on a mat, but the leader with a surplus of favor, y'all. Did I speak a disease into my child through a name that was given to reconcile? Reconciling a faith that his father almost lost? To a world in need to find Jesus at all costs? Did I cost my son his childhood and more? Damn. Enter stage left. The diagnosis of the debilitating disease called leg calf perthes to be exact. It was the attack that captured my seven C's. Courageous, calm, consistent, competent, compassionate, competitive, and yes, also childlike. These seven seas helped conform me to be like Christ, walking on the water I once sank in. Some I worked hard for and the others came easy, but the matter of the fact is, in the moment of my son's diagnosis, I was clinging to all seven, hoping that the matter in hand wouldn't congeal my spirit within the coldness of this new reality. Damn! But the reality is, and it always will be, do I truly believe all that I have preached? Am I now at a fork in the road of not my life, but the life my bride and I were entrusted with? Yeah. The fork in the road is freedom or bondage? This is only a good question, though, when you're not truly connected to the situation you're speaking of. So it's like using that fork to eat a situation that is soup in a bowl of confusion. Don't work. So a better question is, do I believe the reality of the x-ray of my son's insides? 
or the truth that is deeply rooted within me that ultimately divides, dividing my current reality with my son's future stability. Both. I negate neither. Neither what my eyes have seen or what my spirit believes. For matters of faith, both eyes and spirit are needed to conceive, so creating a bond that chemically adheres to the duality of spirit and man. This proving my son is intended to become a spirit man, a bond that posts bail on behalf of my mind and the little boy dependent on the decisions I make right now and the dotted lines I must sign. Damn this disease back to the pit of hell. I'm back. There's no way in heaven this becomes my son's only story. For his story is not a simple chapter of pain, but a life birthed for glory. And as a man of heaven, hell hath no fury like a father fighting for his son's story. I accept the reality of what I saw. I do. This disease is eating away sockets that connect his legs to the rest of his body causing decline. To negate this reality is to negate the truth of my standards. There is a healer and his name is Jesus. I stand hard on this fact and I dare you to listen. So I decline to be inclined away from the mastermind of this world I live in. Without this diagnosis, the symptoms would control my world within. I now know the root issue and rebuke all the symptoms. Accepting the fact that my son is no victim, he's already the overcomer overcome by the prayers and declarations of a father that overcame his own disasters. So I declare this, he will not just walk, he will run. He will run to the destiny he was birthed in as a son. The son of overcomers and stubbornly persistent parents, never giving up on what matters most. Consistently fighting through the drama of life as if the perfect ending is in the distant future of problems already solved, and they are. Two men on a stage once declared who was on first and what was on second. You're welcome, Dad. Now there is a father declaring himself at the plate, ready for the enemy's next pitch to finish the game. My son is in the stands ready to believe through the ball I just crushed for him to receive. I've been quietly processing this bold diagnosis, partly to get to a place of better understanding, but in all honesty, I was embarrassed. How could this happen to my son under my watch? Well, this thought process is now diseased and committed away from me and mine because my son is not only connected to me, but also the vine. I have accepted my new perfection of truth, remember? Perfection is not about what we do, but who we become while resting in the arms of the Father of Freedom. Yeah. So, all I have left to say is this. Rest, son. Rest. Your family has your back and your daddy clings to your healing, freeing you from any feeling of deserving that mat of bondage the other Aeneas got up from. From this chapter in your life, you will learn to go from strength to strength and from glory to glory, proving you were God's unique choice to tell this perfect story. Now exit stage right, proving the past is history. And your future, my son, a mystery worthy of the journey. Whew. So let me stop for a second and collect my thoughts here for just a second. If you're a parent, you understand how your child's pain is more painful to you than your own. And in recent years, I've, I've had my fair share of pain that was my own, but nothing 
pained me physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually more than watching my Aeneas go through what he's gone through the last year. If you know Aeneas, if you know the spunk this kid has, the the drive he has, and the dude never stops. Um, let me explain. November 18th of last year, our son woke up and he couldn't move, couldn't walk, and in an excruciating pain. Now, I need you to understand that my wife and I have five children, and I don't. Every child is different. Every child showcases a different tolerance for pain and for life. And, you know, we all have those children. Or let me put it this way. Yeah, I'll generalize. We all have children. If we have multiple children, some children will turn a scratch into an amputation. <laughs> I have a child like that. My wife and I have a son like that. But we also have Aeneas who, I swear, if he ever broke his leg, which I don't want him to ever do, He's the child that would break his leg, get up and go, it's okay, daddy, I'll walk it off. (laughs) The guy is just, he's always had this tolerance to pain and to life. And he's always done it with a smile on his face and with joy. And to watch him that day where he couldn't walk and if you just touched him, he would scream out in excruciating pain. We worked it out where I, this time, I usually take the kids to the hospital, but this time Tanya would take him and she would be met with a a good friend, James Sizemore, our our close friend that understands the medical field. And I would stay back with the kids and watch them and just be with them because they watched Aeneas go through what he was going through. And we walked into the, uh, they walked into the emergency room. We were all thinking he injured something, injured a hip, did something. He was known from trying to jump off the highest places and just if it was crazy, it was a good mission to him. Thought it was an injury, and we walk out. They walked out with a uh, disease. Leg Perthes disease, LCP is what they call it, uh, is a disease that attacks the, the blood of the body and really attacks the femoral ball joint. Um, at least one. Most of the time it's one. Sometimes it's two. And it prevents the blood flow from getting to the femoral ball joint, thus making him be a three-year-old with the hip of an 80-year-old. That's the best way I can put it. That's how it was put to us. And so what was supposed to be nice and round edges and able to function looked like the Grand Canyon inside of his hip. And uh, with not a lot known about it, it, it is not something that affects a lot of kids. It, it's, a, it's a diagnosis that really comes about between the ages of six and eight. And then the next branch is like four to six, but it's really six to eight years old is where that this diagnosis happened. He was three years old with already 80-year-old hips. I can't tell you how blessed we have been for the entire process from emergency room, not knowing anything, to, to pediatrician, to a meeting. Our first meeting at Shriners happened within 36 hours, y'all. <laughs> I mean, God is so awesome. What we did, because we were in such transition, we... We didn't post this on Facebook. We we kept it close to family and people that that knew loved us and we loved them and that would pray and um, we just desperately felt in our spirit to just keep this tight knit for this time being. Me personally, like I said in the poem, I was a little embarrassed, but then also uh, we didn't know what to do with it. We didn't even know how to explain it. It was all coming at us so fast. We've gone through the year where we've been praying healing for him. But knowing that he was still being affected, we we have stairs in our home that we live in now, and 
at night we have to carry him down the stairs and in the morning we'd have to carry him up the stairs he'd be in such pain because he would wake up and just go all day long and um it's painful as a parent we have stretches we have everything but because of covid this year we weren't able to meet at shriners in st louis until september and some amazing things happened in that meeting and i'm going to give you <laughs> I'm going to add this real quick before before I close this out. It was some amazing news, but I'm going to leave it as a cliffhanger because next week I'm going to open with the amazing news and what God has been doing that led us to understand healing in a way that we never thought of before. I was always taught by amazing men in my life that healing is not an event, it's a process, and God gets to deem the process. And it was never more evident the process I'm talking about, than this situation in the last year with Aeneas. I am so glad that I have a God that doesn't just love me, but he's focused on me and my children in my life. I'm going to end it there. I know this is like crazy. I, I didn't even finish a thought and that's that's not me, but I want the thought to transcend today's podcast. And next week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clarify some things. I'm going to give you more of the story about Aeneas and where we've been this last year and start really diving into the spoken word that God gave me. But before I leave, I want you to understand that our guests coming up this year are going to be absolutely amazing or this, this, this season. We're going to range from an amazing... Uh, pastor within a, a a word of faith church her and her husband are pastors in a church in nebraska and i've asked her to come on and speak to us concerning healing from her perspective we have a calvinist coming on that is going to have an absolute different perspective on healing and we're going to have some different thoughts in between where we're going to have one of my close friends pastor john belvin come on and we'll be talking about healing in the in the context of culture and culture, just not just generationally, but racially and all kinds of different aspects. So we're going to deal with healing from multiple different aspects than just uh, and directions than just physical healing. We're going to talk about what does mental healing look like, emotional healing look like, spiritual healing look like, and even, yes, physical healing. And so be ready. Be ready with a little notepad this time because there's going to be so much truth coming at you. There's going to be so many truth bombs thrown at you. Just just take it and run with it. And you know how I always end these things, y'all. In a world of groupthink, you can watch me, mock me, block me, or join me. But you can't silence me. Until next time, stay weathered, my friends. Peace.